Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hey, Samson Folk here after the Raptors' latest victory, 103-91, over the Timberwolves, wherein they had, my God, just a really great defensive stretch, end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter. At the end of this game, you look at it, Carl Anthony Towns did what he was supposed to do, as he often does, like 65% from the floor, 24 points, 11 boards, hell yeah for him. But you look at Anthony Edwards, a guy who averages 22 points on the season, he didn't make a single shot. Yes, he got to the line, went six for 10 there, but six points, three boards, one assist. Beasley didn't have a good game. Ant didn't have a good game. Pat Bev had an okay start to the game, but he didn't finish strong. Vanderbilt struggled to score. D'Angelo Russell struggled to score. The, The Wolves had a really tough time trying to figure out the Raptors' defense the same way that the Raptors had a really tough time trying to figure out the Wolves' defense In the middle parts of this game, I would say. This was such an interesting game from the outset because the Wolves play a style that I would say is most similar to the Raptors in the NBA. That is not a coincidence. That is because Chris Finch coaches them. Chris Finch, who was on the Raptors bench, the same way that the Pacers last year, when coached by Nate Bjorkren, played very similarly to the Raptors, so much so that Caitlin Cooper, who I think is probably the best X's and O's writer in around the NBA, she had, you know, articles that would call them the Indiana Raptors because she would plot out when they use the exact same plays out of the exact same playbook. And the Wolves have a very similar thing going on here defensively and offensively. And so we got to see these two things intersect and the Raptors came out on top. Why? Because they had, I would say, Pascal Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. guiding the way, which has been, I mean... If you're looking at storylines to kind of meet not an end, but to take to come up and then take a rest right before All-Star break, Pascal and Gary playing this way, and then the, the Raptors also getting just a huge, huge boost from those, you know, strange non-point guard lineups where everybody's big and everything is, you know, kind of going crazy. They're taking up a lot of space defensively. They're trying to get to their own misses on offense. Those three things, I would say, worked really, really, really really well in this game. Gary goes for 30. It takes 24 shots to get there, but that's exactly what you want in a game like this. And that's where OG 
you know, he's in a bit of a slump, no doubt about it. But you would have liked, honestly, to see a game where OG tries his hand at a little bit of volume. Fred is out. Fred Van Vliet didn't play tonight. That knee soreness, he's going to take a, he's taking a, ba- a break from last game uh, against the Pels to, you know, w- when the All-Star festivities kick off, he's probably going to take it easy while he does that. He'll come back after the All-Star break. I'm assuming the knee will be all right. But he, he had tonight off, and that means that Gary Trent Jr. and OG and Scotty even to, you know, a little bit, they all get more opportunity. And Gary Trent Jr. certainly, even, even some of the packages, the, the plate packages that they typically run for Fred, Gary just substituted in there. And while he didn't play make, re- like, really at all, he had two assists, but as far as creating looks for other players, that wasn't part of his game. And that that hasn't been a big part of his game at any point. He had a, a nice stretch from, you know, the middle of December, roughly, or the start, let's say December, he had a decent playmaking stretch. But right now, he's in the shooting streak of his life, or he's one of the best shooters in the league. You pick whichever one you want to subscribe to, either is fine with me. He doesn't have to pass the ball. He just has to go out there and score it. So 24 points, or sorry, 24 shots, I co-sign that very heavily from Gary Trent Jr. And a few drives mixed in as well. He pushed the pedal, the offensive one, to start the game, and he had the composure to close it. In the middle quarters, the second and third, when the Raptors were getting a lot of zone thrown at them, he did struggle, actually. His shooting didn't break the zone because he wasn't hitting shots, but no player plays 48 minutes to perfection. What Gary Trent Jr. did in totality in this game was score the hell out of the ball in a game where the opposing team only scored 91. So you just got to get buckets whenever you can. And I think he did a great job finding his own offense and just putting up shots because, yeah, hell yeah. And then outside of that, this was a tough game for Pascal. I think particularly because of how much zone was played. And Pascal, you could tell, his touch wasn't exactly where it needed to be. And still, my God, he figured out how to just have an immense impact in this game. 41% from the field in what is one of his, you know, he really shot poorly from the field in this game. You could tell shots that usually go in didn't, and he couldn't get to all the spots he wanted to. The length and the strength of the Wolves and how much they swarmed him really mattered. And he can't get into all the shots he likes to against his own typically. In this game, once the Wolves finally had to abandon zone, he had five assists in the fourth quarter because they abandoned zone, and he immediately started tearing them to shreds. It was such a masterclass of manipulation, and that is, there is no bigger compliment to Pascal Siakam's game than to think back that when he doesn't have it, he could still grind to 17 points, 9 boards, and 9 assists, and he played great defense on the other end. He had 6 turnovers. That That is worth considering, of course. A couple offensive fouls, a couple passes that were just like, one was unlucky, you know, and this is a guy who's trying to create against all these long-lived people and the burden of creation very much is on him. But, you know, th- there were some plays that he could have made a little bit better, like Jaden McDaniels stunted um, stunted to kind of pinch in on his drive, got Pascal to pick up his dribble, and then he immediately jumped the the pass out to the corner, stuff like that, where Pascal, you don't want to get goaded into stuff like that, but... As far as especially passing guys into layups, Pascal in this game was so, so good. And he pushed hard all night when, you know, the the outlier skills, like his finishing and all that kind of stuff, wasn't really there. He still managed to use the totality of his game to punish the Wolves. And 
he and Gary, I think, in imperfect situations, in an imperfect context, both broke through to find their games and to make sure that they could make the Wolves pay. And if you look on the other side, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, combining for 14 points on uh, two for 19 shooting, those are two guys. D'Angelo Russell, if you're going to say Pascal Siakam, D'Angelo Russell makes the same amount as Pascal Siakam. He's also a guy who was signed to a team and expected to be, you know, helpful to a star. And that that's just kind of the way these things shake out. He couldn't break through in this game. He had a lot of really nice flashy plays. He's definitely one of the best passers in the league, but he couldn't break through. Anthony Edwards, the number one overall pick from last year, one of the most exciting young scorers in the league. He couldn't break through either. Both Gary and Pascal did. That is what speaks volumes to me. They found a way to make it work in this game. And then the guys who plugged in really deserve a lot of love. Kim, Boucher, Achua, and Thad, I think all had really, really impressive stretches in this game. And Thad, I would say, was the best of the group because his passing really helped grease up the middle of the the zone defense and it allowed them to get a couple layups where they may have not otherwise gotten them. And it's it's not that he's passing guys right into layups, but he's making the pass that creates the angle for another guy to pass a guy into a layup or get, get side top side action or something like that. And he he pressed the middle of the zone as a sh- not a shot creator, but a shot finisher and a guy who could, you know, collapse his zone and then find guys out of it. Really heady play. And he helped defensively. No doubt about it. I, I was really happy with how Thad played. And then Precious probably had his best shot making game of the of the year. I don't know about the season because, you know, the season, there's been a lot of games, but definitely of, of the year, I would say this was his best shot making game, not his best game overall. That was probably against Giannis where he was guarding him like a three quarter court press on some possession. Just he, he he defended Giannis so well. And I think it was the January 15th game. But anyway, as far as shot making, flashing into the soft spot, making a push shot, making cuts that mirror drives, ending up with a dunk and just really heady decisions, no flubbed plays, if I recall correctly. And that's really big for Precious because even when it's against a team that isn't a perfect situation for him to dominate defensively, I find that he's almost always a positive on that end, which is tremendous for a big as young as he is. And he's almost always a negative offensively. I did not find that to be the case in this game. I thought that he struck a balance where he was a positive on both ends. And that's what you see in this game. Like, he was a plus 12. He was a part of very important lineups for the Raptors in this one. And that was awesome. And Chris Boucher as well. This wasn't the ideal game for him either. A zone, you know, he's made threes in some games. He's had good three-point shooting games. He's had really bad ones this year. But it hasn't been a super, it hasn't been a super consistent part of his game. But in this one, you know, they played a lot of zone. How does he figure in if he's not raining threes? He only took one in this game, if I remember correctly. And you're looking at a guy who, so how else do you make it work? You have to just like work like hell to try and get to offensive rebounds. You have to work like hell on defense to make an impact because you're not going to be the zone buster. It's not, you can't dictate what type of shots you get on offense. You can't even really prepare for what, where it's going to be because you don't, you don't know how the zone is going to collapse. But he was awesome on defense, and he did help clean the glass a lot. I Eight defensive rebounds in this game, tied Pascal for the, the most that happened uh, the, of anybody on the team in this one, 
and really helped out a lot. I, the defensive stuff continues to impress me. And, and Birch as well. Birch was obviously significantly more muted as the game went on, and they went away from him to some degree. But the opening stretch of the game, I really, really liked. I think when the Raptors stepped out onto the court with Cam working in the middle of the offense, they still weren't seeing zone yet. As a short roller, as an offensive rebounder, and as a smart and decisive rotational piece, like the low man on defense, I thought he had a really great start to the game. And, you know, with bench pieces, you're not asking a guy to dominate every minute. Most of the time, you're just asking a guy to be a, an important part of a big stretch. And Kem did that in this game. So I was really happy with that. As for Banton and Flynn, kind of bit rolls in this game. Banton with a nice step back and Flynn with, honestly, a pretty good defensive stint in this game. And this wasn't as good as the Charlotte game he had where, you know, the Raptors didn't have Fred in that game. So he got more traditional point guard possessions, which is obviously great for his game but not something the Raptors want to commit to under their regular circumstances of the roster, which you, you totally understand. But they, they both stepped in, and they, you didn't lose anything having them out there. That was important. As for Scotty, you know, kind of similar to Boucher. He couldn't control what types of looks he got in this game. He, he still, you can tell, teams have really kind of picked up on how he likes to attack. They shade a little harder, whereas the start of the season... They were very afraid of his passing. So he got a lot of single coverage. He had player, he had guys who were afraid to um, come over on him because his passing was the standout part of his game coming into the league. And now people fear his scoring, honestly. And so he has to become, you know, a passer, not as a reactive passer, but a proactive passer. This is something that you see Pascal is really, really good at because he knows how he's going to manipulate the defense, his own primary defender, and to make reads off of that. Scotty's working through that, and he deserves the time and the possessions to make those reads and to make those improvements. So this game, while it was a struggle for him to find his own offense, I, I'm not worried about it at all. And he made like quite a few nice reactive passing reads in this game and was a positive on defense too. OG talked a little bit about him you know, at the top of the podcast. A tough game for him, honestly. The, the shooting stroke just doesn't appear to be there right now. I'm assuming like he'll take a nice break over all-star break, do his thing, come back, and he'll be good as gold. I'm not too worried about it. The defense was still very, very good. So, yeah, no worries whatsoever. The Raptors just played a really nice, solid game against these Wolves, man. And they figured out the zone. They, they just were so relentless in attacking it. And Pascal deserves a lot of love and a lot of credit for making them move away from that. And then when they got them into man-to-man... And also, like, zone defense isn't easy. It's not like Sunday men's league or Sunday women's league where you just kind of, like, can kick around and you're not moving a bunch. A zone in, you know, the NBA requires a lot of motion because you have to perfect the shell and you can't, you can't allow it to break anywhere or, or to shrink too much or to give up gaps and stuff like that. So you have to be so proactive. And the Wolves also, you could tell, got a little bit tired playing zone. Like, the, the gaps started getting bigger, they weren't recovering as quickly, all that kind of stuff. So they moved away from it, and Pascal just absolutely shredded them from that point on, and and Gary got to some shots that he hit. So that was awesome to see. And But yeah, you know, Pascal really turned that zone repeatedly for so many possessions, even the ones that didn't work out. And so hell yeah for him. Really like that game. Reggie Evans Award, Chris Boucher. You give me five points, you give me ten boards. That's a Reggie Evans, like, almost guaranteed. 
just by the the disparity in points and and rebounds. It was a a, a classic Reggie Evans game from Mr. Boucher. And you know, I I like Boucher a lot, so top quick reaction comment is from Dundeal, quote, "Precious was low key awesome tonight. Incredible D, made his best per- maybe his best defensive performance of the season." That was really good for me, too. Lots of really intelligent off-ball cutting, which we don't do that well sometimes, end quote. Uh, yeah, Precious what Precious was awesome. As far as, like, the best defensive performance of the season, uh, I don't I don't think it was close. He, he's had some, like, tonight was good, but he has had some incredible defensive games that really fly well past what, what he did here. And, yeah, Thad, great cutter. Playing with space and interpreting offense, sorry, defenses, that is really good at that as a passer, as a cutter, and even understanding where guys are. For the most, he did get swatted on that one play, but when it's like Jared Vanderbilt or Jaden McDaniels, it's tough because they go go gadget their arms into space all the time. So, you know, there are some shots you feel like are never going to get blocked that do, but I think he has a really good sense of how to work in space and find it. And yeah, you saw the the fruits of that labor or the fruits of that that skill set tonight. So yeah, uh, thanks for writing in, Dundeal. I hope you enjoyed the game, listener. I hope you enjoyed the listen and the game. But uh, yeah, and and probably Thadjik Johnson's uh, best game so far as a rapper. Not probably, definitely. So yeah, uh, hope you enjoyed listening to it. Whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. <laughs>